Hi, this is Wendy Lockhart, your host on the Not So Perfect Journey, where we dive into all topics relating to mind, body, and spirit on the journey to becoming our authentic selves. Hello, and welcome back to the Not So Perfect Journey podcast. I'm your host, Wendy Lockhart. Today's episode brings us to the end of one journey, but the beginning of another. Life is constantly changing, cycling, becoming. Where you are today is not where you'll be tomorrow or a month from now. And that brings us to the concept of the self. The moment you were born, you existed, but unaware of what would later become your identity. A name and a gender were assigned to you, along with an identity of son, daughter, sister, brother, all of which you were blissfully unaware of. You simply were. But from that moment on, you experienced a cascade of sensations, feelings, thoughts, and took on more identities, which you believed to be you. But were they really? Every moment is change. If your experiences are constantly changing, identities being acquired or falling away, does that mean that the you inside you is also constantly changing? If you've listened to this podcast from the beginning, you probably already know the answer. The whole point of a journey to your authentic self is discovering that unwavering, unchanging you, the core of who you are, the self that existed at the moment of your birth. Throughout your life, from infant to toddler to preschool, elementary, high school, and beyond, you have experienced a myriad of changing feelings. But though your feelings can change, the sense of your I, of who you are, remains constant. Sometimes we're anchored like kelp, swaying back and forth with the ebb and flow of the salty ocean waters. I envy those people whose deep sense of their I seems to have never been set loose, who are firm and outspoken about who they are. But most of us early on were formed and shaped by those around us. We wanted to fit in, to be like others, but with a nagging feeling that something wasn't quite right, that we never felt comfortable in the costumes that were draped on us. Each day you think tens of thousands of thoughts, but as we've talked about before, you are not your thoughts. So who are you? Are you those identities? No. Those can change over time, and if your eye were attached to them, then your eye would also change, but it doesn't. Your eye remains constant, but sometimes needs to be rediscovered. Authenticity is not only about knowing who you are, but being able to hold on to that knowledge and express the real you to the world. If you take on an identity, the primal you is expressed through the identity but does not become the identity. Much of what we've talked about to this point has been from an existential view. Let's flip that and think about your authentic self from a spiritual view. While an existential view of authenticity culminates in your individuality, 
The spiritual view culminates in being. When you are in a state of true being, you can express yourself from moment to moment spontaneously, not worrying about being judged. You are most freely and easily yourself. What does that look like and feel like? For me, it means that I see others as separate from me. I have a day job where confrontation is inevitable. When someone verbally attacks me, I don't take it personally. That's their difficulty and has nothing to do with who I am. They're attacking an identity, not the core of who I am. So I'm able to slough it off, let it bounce and fall. I don't take on other people's opinions of me, but look at them with curiosity, think about where it may be coming from for them, and shift and adapt to help improve communication to resolve whatever the issue is. I see so many people with fragile egos who have completely lost their eye and embodied an identity. They continue to add building blocks to protect what they believe they have become. The beauty of understanding your eye is that if an identity is taken away from you, it doesn't change who you are. This hidden splendor resides in each of us, making us perfect and perfectly different from everyone else. Robert Browning put this idea into poetic form, which I will do my best to convey. Truth is within ourselves. It takes no rise from outward things, whatever you may believe. There is an inmost center in us all where truth abides in fullness and around wall upon wall, the gross flesh hems it in this perfect, clear perception, which is truth. A baffling and perverting carnal mesh binds it and makes all error, and to know rather consists in opening out a way whence the imprisoned splendor may escape. Then an affecting light for entry, supposed to be without. The splendor is within you and has been from your birth, Our flesh may obscure that splendor, pigeonholed and stereotyped. You look this way, so you must be that. How often do we spend time to understand who someone is at their core? As I'm recording this, many people in America are preparing to gather for Thanksgiving. What should be a time of kinship and love, reveling in the ties that bind us, for many, becomes a stressful event where you must hide your true self to fit in and avoid conflict. Thanksgiving, when I was a kid, was usually spent at my grandma's house in Arizona with my dad and brother, cousins, aunts, uncles, and assorted neighbors. There was inevitably too much drinking, which devolved into name-calling and storytelling. Decades of hurt and conflict once again emerged to be nourished only to sink back into the depths once everyone had dispersed. There was no recognition or acceptance of the differences that made each of us unique. If only there could have been better communication with each other in sober times to resolve those conflicts. As an adult, my goal for Thanksgiving for my husband and children became to be perfect. The table setting, food, mood, it all had to be perfectly perfect. I cooked for three days straight, losing my mind, everything from scratch. It was a total perversion of myself at the opposite end from my childhood. My self was tied 
into an identity of the perfect wife and mother, while my eye was screaming on the inside that it was all bullshit. Eventually, I couldn't keep that up and ran away in an effort of self-preservation. It was my first major entry into the wilderness. This year will be small. I'm making some of my favorite things, but instead of the emphasis on the food and the setting, I'm focusing on caring for the people I'm with. Because in all that frenzy of cooking and preparation in my past, I had no time to interact with my loved ones. (laughs) It sounds crazy to me now, but seemed perfectly normal at the time. But back to you, the spiritual you, the amazing you, the you that you do not have to become because it's who you are. Julia Cameron, whose artist sway pages I do every morning as part of my personal self-care ritual, said, you do not need to work to become spiritual. You are spiritual. I've said this before, but how many times are you looking outside yourself to discover who you are? The answer is already within you. The work is to clear out all the noise away from you so that you can hear that beautiful voice within you. Listen to her as she cries out, as she sings to you. Dojin Zenji, a Zen Buddhist master, said, If you cannot find the truth where you are, where do you expect to find it? Last weekend, I had the privilege of having a booth here in the Coachella Valley at the inaugural Feel Good Festival. I offered readings using my Oracle deck, the one that I created to listen to your intuition, and an Angel Tarot deck. I had so much fun connecting with people individually in a deep and meaningful way. In these readings, my goal is always to help people with the tools they need to listen to that beautiful voice inside, not give them the answer to the question. Because how can I know the answer for someone else? When utilizing services designed for wellness or self-care, seek out the ones that will not give you the answer, but help you to remove the heavy bags you carry that block your ability to rest and listen. The beautiful part about knowing who you are is it changes your relationships with everyone, because once you see your own beauty, you can see it in others as well. Naoshu Kempo, a Tibetan Buddhist master, captured this in words, writing, "When one realizes, sorry, when one realizes that natural state, the true nature of all beings, there is naturally a welling up of inconceivable, spontaneous compassion, loving kindness, consideration, and empathy, because one realizes there is no self separate from others." We cannot and should not ever attempt to change anyone else. Our goal should be to perfect the I within ourselves. Once we honor our own I, we can honor that in everyone we meet. Hence that lack of separation from others. If my family had been able to embrace that concept, I think those childhood Thanksgivings could have been a time of joy instead of dread. The final aspect of authenticity I want to leave you with is what does awareness, consciousness, and being really mean? Richard Moss, an American spiritual teacher, wrote, Like a fish that does not realize it lives in water because water is the only medium it has ever known, 
Some things are so obvious that they escape our understanding. For human beings, awareness is the water in which we always live. Yet few of us are taught to recognize and understand our own experience of being aware. It was studying psychobiology at UC Davis that I first heard the term metacognition, thinking about how we think. The concept of metacognition is fascinating to me and meshes with the authenticity concept that you are not your thoughts. So you can think about your thoughts and where they come from, but not be the thoughts. The thing I've learned and when I feel my most authentic is when I can set everything aside and just feel into the core of myself. I talked about that in the last episode, but it bears repeating, learning to be, to just be in a moment, setting aside all thoughts has taken me a lot of practice, a lot of mind-body healing, but I guarantee it's worth it. And it's what I hope for you to be able to experience. Audrey Giorgi said this very succinctly. Sometimes you just have to take a break and visit yourself. This Thanksgiving, I will be thinking a lot about the people at the table who aren't there. The loved ones who are no longer with me here on the earth plane, but send me subtle reminders frequently that they still exist. My grandmother, who passed away three weeks ago at age 97, has the newest seat at the table. I'm thankful for all the ways they influenced my life to get me to this place of peace and bliss. It's what I wish for all of you, wherever you are on this journey. This is the last episode of the season, and maybe my last episode ever. Who knows what the future holds? I'd like to leave you with one last thought from my stepfather, Michael Nagel's book, the one that's inspired this podcast. It's what he wished for everyone in his life and in the world, that always the freedom to simply be yourself dwells within you, awaiting your discovery once you answer the call to your own authentic life. And finally, if you're interested in the oracle deck of my mind, body, spirit, hands-on practices to help you become your authentic self, I still have a few left. There's a link to them on my website, wendylockhartwellness.com. Until we meet again, my friends, stay well and be authentic. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to not let the perfect be the enemy of the good on your not so perfect journey.